Welcome to the show, everyone. I have my friend Jay here, and he specializes in self-actualization. We are going to speak on values and mainly how you can be your best self. So, Jay, thank you so much for coming on, and I'm grateful for your time. Oh, thank you for welcoming me here. It's been a, it's a great opportunity. I'm looking forward to having a proper conversation with you. Yes, sir. This will be good. We'll provide some great value for everyone. 100%. So let's speak on what was the turning point in your journey, the, the main turning point. And of course, I know that there are many turning points, but what was probably the biggest thing that changed the direction that you were going on? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I definitely say it would be uh, when I did my first ayahuasca ceremony in the UK. Um, so that would have been, uh, oh, I can't remember what year it was exactly now off the top of my head, but um, so I, be, I was living in London at the time, uh, moved to London when I was 27. Um, and then uh, we, it was, it was a big change and a big, difference I'd never lived in London before and um within a couple of years I was really really deeply unhappy um and not happy with the direction my life was going in didn't really know what I was going to do um I was started to binge drink a lot more and uh, started abusing drugs um a lot more or in a different way than I had in the I'd used drugs rec recreationally in the past but I think it took a darker turn when I moved to London and then uh, around, around, around about the age of 30 um, I attended an ayahuasca ceremony weekend in the UK uh, in the countryside and that was just a massive turning point for me that was huge um, I still remember it very vividly as if it was yesterday and that really accelerated that really took me on a, a genuine journey of um, personal development and growth psychedelics have always intrigued me i've never gotten the opportunity to try it but it's interesting a couple of weeks ago i watched a documentary on an ayahuasca ceremony and i was almost immediately hooked at it's not nearly like a new age drug something that is manufactured and it's more of a natural thing. What was the ayahuasca like? And I'm very curious to hear the details of that. And also, I know that the the drinking, the bid, the it turned into more of a darker avenue rather than a recreational, just a enjoyable thing. What really prompted you? to do that ayahuasca ceremony? Did you just feel like something needed to change and you, you were willing to try something brand new? Yeah, it's funny. Like, I, I don't, I don't, when I first, um, so when I, we were on, I was on holiday with my um, girlfriend and wife at the time, we were in holiday in Goa in India. And I picked up a book by Daniel Pinchbeck. I believe his name is called Breaking Open the Head. And that's, um, he, he goes through various different um, uses of psychedelic psychedelics in different cultures around the world and ayahuasca and aboga and DMT and, and this kind of thing. So I read that book and I was like, I just remember thinking, I really, really want to try this. It sounds amazing. It sounds incredibly hard, but it sounds amazing. Um, so I think when I got when I first sort of tried to find a ceremony to be able to attend, um, which which I, which I obviously I did. It took me a little while just to find stuff. So searching around on like psychedelic forums and trying to find where I could possibly meet someone uh, who could put without. I couldn't afford to fly to Peru or anywhere else, so I knew I had to do it in the UK. Um, so when I was going to the ceremony for the first time, I had no idea what I was getting involved in and what it would be like. It was more just, this sounds like a good experience. It sounds transformative, but it wasn't until I actually did the two ceremonies on the, let's say did one on Friday and one on Saturday. It wasn't until I did the two ceremonies that I actually 
realized how truly transformative the medicine is um so i kind of went with more out of curiosity and came away with like so much more it's what i perceive it to be like is we have our ego and then we have our higher self and from what i've heard it seems like it just smashes your ego and makes you aware of the deeper self the the one that is connected to everyone like humans benefit so much from sunlight from being in nature we need fresh air and i i'm very intrigued by the idea of how something so it, it's medicine it isn't a drug and it has so powerful of a experience i i'm curious why it is so shunned by by the mainstream and i feel i've never tried it before but if what was the experience like how did you come away from it what were your feelings and yeah summarize that for me a bit in, in depth as best as you can yeah 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 um yeah i think like prior prior to attending the ceremony like i knew i was unhappy and i knew you know i needed something to change and i'd started meditating maybe quite soon after i moved to london actually i i, I started meditating but um so I, ha I had a practice going at the time um but the when i attending the ceremony what it did was it kind of revealed the more blind spots or it started to reveal blind spots that uh, about myself that i just wasn't aware of and it took me to like you say it took me to a deeper level than um and gave me a lot of perspective on myself that i'd never never really had before like i was obviously I, I was still a self-aware person, but like it was just a, a different level of self-awareness and revealing blind spots. And I think that that's the medicine is definitely a journey in itself. Where um, I've, I've I've been multiple times now over. I've probably done maybe twenty or so cer individual ceremonies over like fourteen years or something. And every time it's completely different. And every time I get there's a different level of growth or a blind spot that I need to work on. And, and the one thing I would say is that, um, the, the medicine is incredible and transformative, but it's actually the work that you do outside of the ceremony. That's really the key to the, to the growth. Like uh, ayahuasca will reveal blind spots and, and heal things within your uh, body and within your psyche. Um, but, it gives you the space and distance. I see it like it's like a factory reset, basically. Like you say, it strips you right down, raw, um, breaks your ego down, and then gives you space to be able to look at yourself and your life more objectively. And then you can then get homework. <laughs> the medicine gives you homework assignments for you then to go away and continue that journey of self-improvement and do that work. Um, outside of the ceremony space so and, and i think this is it like i talk about the blind spot so um it's, I, I distinctly remember and we'll go we'll circle back to the start and i can talk about the ceremony and all that stuff if you want but um i distinctly remember leaving after doing two two evenings of ceremony and leaving on the sunday walking out i still remember it now distinctly step we were, we were in this uh quite funny actually it was like a tiny little church hall in a really small village in the middle of cornwall in england so it was like in the middle of nowhere this tiny little village really cute little village um and uh so i come out of the hall on the sunday morning and i distinctly remember standing on the car park and looking out across this beautiful rolling uh, english countryside uh nice sunny day and like uh yeah it was a fantastic view and just kind of stood there and I realized for the first time that I'd built a wall around myself, um, uh, which I didn't even realize was there. And the wall had completely collapsed. 
And I remember standing there and I felt so free and liberated, like all this weight had just been taken off me. And I distinctly remember thinking, I didn't realise it was possible to live like this. And I didn't realise that I'd constricted myself and built this invisible wall around my uh, around myself around my heart um and it was so liberating to walk away and I felt for for months afterwards I kept getting insights and I felt I was in a really good place and it allowed me time to really deepen my meditation practice and that's when I really got really deep into um meditation and more spirit genuine spirituality uh, now it's not to say that the, there were still years afterwards of you know uh, struggle and working through um, addiction and, um, and and growth there was still a big journey to do but that was a first really major step the medicine really helped me um, propel forward by by years I, they say it's like having like a year's worth of psychotherapy in, in one night and I can certainly attest to that it was probably more than a year's worth of psychotherapy I think for for all humans to understand just that they are in some way protecting themselves building a wall for their ego and I love your point about it wasn't the ceremony that cured everything it was the insights derived from the ceremony that gave you a guideline to work towards and because people get tripped up with the idea of instant gratification and that's not at all what this seems to be it seems to be a a blueprint for you to structure your life <clears throat> in the way that the universe the source the creator whatever name or label you use wants you to transform into and the ignorance is bliss that saying really hits me deep lately because i'm 23 and i see most of the people i grew up with living in a state of mind where they're they're under the new religion of materialism yeah. not not pursuing their best self and living for the weekend that type of mentality you work your nine to five, you make money, you impress people with your material goods, and then you go and run from reality right after work on Friday to Sunday. Yeah. But the, the ayahuasca or psychedelics in general, I'm very excited to try them because I know there are barriers that I have even though I'm pursuing my best self, there's there's always things that we can tear down and rebuild stronger. Hmm. Uh, how how you grow muscles, they break and then they grow back stronger. That's a, a principle that everyone has to understand that on the other side of pain, that's your opportunity to improve. And we just have to delve deeper inside of the addiction, what are we really running from? There, there was this study that people would much rather get shocked by a quick electric shock than sit yeah. with their own thoughts for 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's mind blowing how we're all running from something. And when we really take, take charge over our lives, who we are, how we treat people, and our perception. I love the quote, the world isn't what it is, it's what you are. It's each individual has their own way of perceiving things. Mm. And that brings me back to that wall. We all build up that wall. And it's like, man, are, are we going to expand and search for a, a better self? Or yeah. do we just sit in our little comfort box and fucking, oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? That of, unfortunately, I think in the last 10 years in particular with, um, with social media and uh, smartphones and devices and whatnot, that we've, we've, um, we've, built, we've built a society on dopamine hits. 
um, in various different forms. And so the like people's level of distraction and addiction as various different kinds now, I think is, is just accelerating. And, and it's, um, it's got a lot worse. Like you say, like people can't sit alone now for, for a couple of minutes without checking the phone or, you know, texting someone or watching Netflix or pornography or alcohol or drugs. Like all these things are really just a distraction from the present moment and from being with yourself and being with your thoughts. And I, 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 and I think some of that's unintentional because obviously there's a whole industry built around, particularly with, uh, online, but you know, there's millions of dollars and lots of very, very intelligent people who, who are designing these platforms to be incredibly addictive um, because they, you know, they want you, they want eyes on the screen. They want time on the app or time watching Netflix or whatever it might be. There's a whole industry designed to get you addicted and get you hooked on these quick fixes. And obviously that's changing your brain chemistry and it's altering your level of concentration and it's, it's numbing you to um, yourself and your life. But I mean, it becomes like a, um, this is just an accepted normal part of day-to-day -day life. Um, and I think going back to what you said earlier, I asked why, why I think that ayahuasca's um, I can't think of the exact question you asked there, but it was just about why Oscar, why Oscar's kind of uh, pushed to the fringes or is not accepted. Um, I mean, there there is there is starting to be research about about ayahuasca to cure depression and addiction, uh, along with a few other psychedelics. Now, there has been a change in the last few years towards that, but I think that it's still the 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 correct use of plant medicines in the correct set and setting within a ceremonial space is too, I think it's probably, it's too much of a challenge to the status quo. And I think that the sort of heavy materialists and the people at the, the top without sounding too conspiratorial, they, it doesn't serve their interest to have a population of awake and evolving uh, people, because that's counter to the um, economic system, it's counter to the political system, it's counter to um, the vested interests of a minority people. Um, I think if, you know, psychedelics in various different forms have been done since the dawn of man, pretty much. Um, and you had shamans, um, you had the correct usage, it was, you know, people understood these medicines in the various different forms, whether it be mushrooms or psychedelic or, uh, or, or ayahuasca or aboga or various other manifestations of these um, various plant medicines and the synthetic versions too. Um, these things are a, these things are a challenge because these things accelerate people's growth, but also I think make people more aware about what really matters, which is, you know, family and love and connection and community and spiritual development um and creativity um all, all these things that don't require that are, they're about personal responsibility and about people connecting it's not something that you can outsource and package it and sell it back to people um because i think it makes people everyone i've met on ceremony it always makes people question everything about their lives. Um, and I, I really think that's a challenge to the, to the status quo. Um, but more and more over the years, I think I've seen ayahuasca's, the awareness of it, the medicine has spread a lot more. And there's, a, there's continually flows of people who are discovering the medicine for the first time and they're healing themselves and going on these incredible, it's such a, like, I feel so, uh, honored and blessed to have been able to have the opportunity to do the medicine and also to meet so many wonderful people at every ceremony who's willing to do the work and owning their own shit and supporting each other and then the benefit the the positive energy that's created in these spaces then ripples out into the world and that's happening all over the place um and like i say i'd 
reiterate the point that I don't see it as a uh, a magic bullet. I don't think it's um, I don't think it's something that's going to solve everybody's problems. It's not going to, you know, we're not going to be singing "Come by Yar" and you know, living in this utopia by any stretch. I'm really, you know, too much of a realist for that. But I still think for for some people, for a lot of people, it can be a real catalyst for um, for real change and for really deep um, personal and spiritual growth. The the saying a patient cured is a customer lost. Yeah. It our mainstream has corrupted humans at their very core. They I'm not sure if you've watched that Netflix documentary of the Google executives and the Amazon, the Facebook people coming out and they quit their jobs because they came to the realization of how purposely manipulative and addictive they made the apps. And they just had a a realization that it wasn't in line with their ethics and morals. And that brings me back to what you mentioned about ayahuasca. It's not a magic bullet, but it clarifies what is actually important in your life. Is it the car, the job, and the money? Or is it a balance of communication, meaningful work, taking care of your family, creative endeavors, and knowing your values? That is so important. It's a shell shock for sure. Because when I started my transformation from materialism to pursuing my best honest self there's a lot of dark things that are revealed about your ego and how you lived prior to pursuing a better version of yourself and yeah i look forward to exposing or experiencing that psychedelic activity because it's so in-depth it tears down your barriers and I'm already very much a enlightened individual, but there's, there's always things, the blind spots that you spoke on, there, there will forever be areas that we are not paying attention to that do need more focus and more development. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I think it's, um, it's a, like, I think Jung said, like the process of individuation is a, is a lifelong uh, Carl Jung said that it's, it's, a, it's a lifelong endeavor and we may never get to the ultimate individuated self-actualized state at the, at the end but that's the journey that's the beauty of the journey that we, we, we keep we keep going and we can keep growing and discovering new things and, and revealing new new things about ourselves better things about ourselves um, and I think it's you know it's, it's a fantastic journey to be on um and i kind of it's not easy like you say sometimes you've got a you've got to trudge through the shit and get to get through the other side um and you've got to go to some dark places oftentimes uh, everyone's journey is different but i think you go through that you go through that darkness which is something i've certainly done um you go through that darkness but then it's so much sweeter when you get to the other side um so even though the the, the journey can be a painful one um, it's so much more rewarding when you come out the other side and you can take a look back at the whole journey and go, fuck, that was, that was incredible. You need to experience those darkest times rather than living in a robotic state of living, which is a challenge, but you're more so living at 50%. So nothing is too bad and nothing's yeah. too good. Or you go to that deep, dark area where everything is so rough and you're exposing all of your limiting beliefs, your preconceived notions, your, your judgments, your uh, putting on everyone that you come across, hmm. the, the complaining mentality where it's, it's everyone but your problem. You don't have anything to fix. And... Yeah. Once you accept these, these things, you, 
it's definitely trudging through shit. It is not easy. But when you come out the other end, you can really appreciate life for what it is rather than being hooked on dopamine and addicted to scrolling and consuming rather than creating, addicted to porn rather than having a real conversation with a beautiful girl, which it's like technology has granted us the ability to have these things so easily, but it's such a half-ass version of what you get when you really put in the effort to, to build yourself and mold your values into a person that you admire rather than living that autopilot 50% half-ass type of living. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, to, to, to step into that place of real authenticity and um, meaning, like you really have to step, you have to start the process of stepping outside the matrix. Um, and I think, you know, particularly the last couple of years of have convinced me that the matrix is a documentary it's not a, it's not even a movie and i like to refer to it a lot because it's so good that you know you can either be um you can take the blue pill and stay in the matrix and live life on a particular frequency and um or you can you can start the process of trying to wake up and get perspective on the matrix itself like you you're still living in it but at least you can take an elevated or start to take elevated perspectives on like what's going on in the games that, that, that are being played. Um, and I think there's lots of, yeah, there's lots of tools and there's lots of way to do that, such as like, you know, plant medicines and, and, and meditation and spiritual practice and breath work. Um, and also, you know, the last few years, a big, big thing for me, the last few years has been looking at stuff like core beliefs um, and these, these programs that we've got running, that, that have been putting us from a, a young age. Uh, so core beliefs is a big thing that I think is really important. I did a bit of shadow work or I'm just on, on myself, um, looking at identifying some of these early programs that have kind of impacted on the rest of my life, that have got unconscious that work through. Um, and then also more recently looking at uh, emotional intelligence and trying to find those blind spots again that I can iron out because you know i want to be the best the best version of me i want to be the best father i've got three kids i want to be the best husband i can be uh, i want to be a uh, a contributing member of my community um and i think that yeah there's, there's there's so many different tools there and i think that if you've got if you've if you're so inclined then i mean even if you're watching this now you're you're already someone who's either awake to the matrix or waking up from it uh, and you're on that personal development journey um yeah and I, I just think it's a beautiful thing like you say you, you're shifting um into being more of a uh, more into a creative space of life like your life is a work of art and you are the artist um and you get to create with it whatever you want and it can be all gray and dull or you can pre-buy it and it, you just follow a, a template version of life and just sleepwalk your way through it. Or you can create this beautiful mosaic and this incredible piece of art that you can look back on when you're dying, when you're on your deathbed and go, fuck, look at that, that was amazing. What, what I've experienced and the lives that you've touched and the, the, the beauty that you can create with your, with your life. And the biggest regret that humans have is living a life that wasn't true to themselves. And that's a statistical fact yeah. derived from talking with dying patients on their deathbeds. That is the exact saying that they give. And it shows in that we have to take the route to be unique and a tough thing for me a long time was being a people pleaser. Do we want to live in a distractive state of mind where we do follow that template that you spoke on, which is, I just felt inside, deep inside, I was becoming bored with that lifestyle. I was hanging out with the same friends, just smoking weed all the time. And 
there was no creation happening. Sure, we mm. threw the football and did some things, but eventually there comes a roadblock where your your inner self is wanting more. And I, I like to think that all humans do have that similar aspect of the difference between their ego and their higher self, but often humans don't even come into contact with that higher self. So part of what my, my drive is to help people get less distracted. And I, what helps me personally is what you spoke on a bit, doing breathing practices or spending time in nature, which is an active meditation, going to the gym, another way that you're just involving yourself in activities where your mind isn't able to think. You're more so actively experiencing something in a manner where those thoughts of the future, the thoughts of the past, they are completely erased because you're so em embracing that moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I think it's um the the big piece of that is like we we live in such a distracted society that um and I mean this is universally true that um uh, a lack of appreciation for your own mortality and the finite time that you've got on this planet um is is a really a vital thing to remember that it's it's obviously something that people run away from and that, that people don't want to admit but i think if you are conscious of your limited time on this planet and that one day you will die hopefully in a peaceful manner but who knows and so there was a period of time for probably about a year or so where i did a lot of um um buddhist uh, death contemplation and that was incredibly powerful um it was around the time that my, my grandfather died of uh, cancer um and I, I was doing this meditation at the time it was incredibly powerful and, and people think it's it's a very dark and depressing thing to to do but i think to actually have that real felt sense of your um limited time your fragility as a, as a human and what that means that the people that you love, the friends that you've got, the life that you live, it all brings it all into perspective when you know that at some point in the time, in, in the future, hopefully a long way in the future, you will breathe your last breath and then you'll go on to the next journey and who knows who knows where that will take. But like um, by, by being distracted and by being... Um, living life on autopilot in a waking sleep um you're robbing yourself of really the fullness of life and the fullness of it's like realizing your uh you've got the ability uh, like to to um to realize your physical potential as well as your spiritual potential as well as your financial potential like that's what we're here to do is is grow and unlock that all those different aspects of ourselves uh, and i think if we're you know tied to the couch watching endless netflix or um various addictions or whatever else it's that's just a barrier that's that's numbing ourselves down um just to get through and i think that i'm i can well imagine that everyone will get the realization at some point you either realize it early and use it as a catalyst to really fuel your life or you'll realize it right at the end and i'm sure the last words that many people speak are oh fuck <laughs> because you, you're going to wake up at some point and so you better it's better to wake up while you've got time than when you've got no time and you've suddenly got months to live or weeks or days then it's too late then then it's really too late it's it's a challenge to get rid of our natural ungrateful attitude that 
we we often go through the days and they just mesh together we're not aware of how important and unique the friendships are how we treat people the animals whether it's your actual dog or a squirrel observe it and have some curiosity about the the actual complexity of this earth for our bodies I love the simple example of I'm talking with my hands, I'm moving right now, but I am not at all telling myself to do that. It's, mm. there's so much complexity within our, our whole world. And you do have to take a step back to appreciate it because it's, it's just natural to get caught up in what society shoves down our throat, the materialist religion. But when we get away from that and we use every day, every experience as something to learn from, just living with a natural curiosity, aiming to truly live rather than exist. Hmm. And there's, there is a massive abundance of beautiful things on our world, and, but, but they're just overlooked and we have to slow down get the phones are a beautiful thing like me and you speaking right now is is a blessing this wouldn't have been able to occur a hundred years ago and with more more opportunity comes more responsibility so we're living through this time where it's it's our choice to actually realize the potential we have, that we're meant to communicate and brighten other humans. I love the word, the frequency, the energy we put out, because as a high schooler, a younger person, I didn't at all realize this, but now I view myself as a light, someone who loves to speak with others, who always brings kindness, generosity, and integrity to the table. And I, when someone is on a lower frequency, I'm able to see that rather than letting my emotions be triggered and I lose self-control. I say, it's okay that they're on a lower frequency. I'm not going to allow their insults to bring me down. Yeah. And it's not that people who are pursuing their best selves are better than other people. That's, yeah. that's an egotistical thought. It's more that we understand the depth of this world and how energy really spreads. It's, it's a beautiful thing that each individual comes to understand in their own time. Like you said, hopefully it's not within their last breaths. Hopefully it's sooner on the journey. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think that's one realisation that I had that, you know, it's, everyone's on their own journey and some people will want to slow down and smell the roses and, and appreciate the small things in life and look for their own, um, you know, personal growth, etc. And then there are, there are a lot of vast majority of people that have got absolutely no interest in it at all. And that's not their, they're not called to that. Um, and I think there's a, there's a, and I think it's for the people who are, who are called to be their higher self and to, to, to try to make a positive impact in the world in whatever small way they can do that. Um, to have, you know, understanding and, and, and compassion for, for all the other people who want to play that game of division and arguing and distraction and, you know, all that shit and it's like those people can play that game and then i'm playing a, i'm trying to play a different game i'm no by no means am i perfect i'm no guru i'm no enlightened master it's just i'm another bloke who's on a journey of self-discovery to be my best self and raise you know healthy children and uh, try and do my small part to make a positive impact in the world and that's it and like everyone does their everyone's got their own journey people wake up or they don't um and i think um 
and that's just that's how it is uh you know it can be it can be confu- I find it confusing at times as to why people would want to sit and like watch like uh, reality TV, for example, every night. And that's what your evening is drinking wine, watching reality TV, go to work, live for the weekend. Like, but who am I to judge? You know, like that's what their choice and that's the, what they've decided to do. And there's a lot of other people who don't want to take that route. And I think that there's a lot of people who've probably even more so woken up, uh, over the last couple of years, I think COVID's been, it's a blessing and a curse, like, like everything in life. Um, just like social media is a blessing and a curse. If you've got a hammer, you can build a house, but you can also kill someone with it. It just depends on what you're going to do with it. Um, and I think like COVID and that whole thing without getting into that stuff is like, is a blessing and a curse because as awful as the whole experience has been and the response to it and all this stuff and the division it's caused as well, I think it's also caused a lot of people to re reevaluate their lives, reevaluate their values, look at what's actually meaningful to them. And there's so many people, I've met so many people, particularly in the last six months, who are beautiful souls, who are want to connect with people, want to build local community, who are homeschooling, which we're doing now as well. Um, it, it's it's for, for all the you know negativity and bad stuff that's actually come out of the last few there's there's lots of beauty still um appearing all over the place and people i think it is accelerating people's uh awakening uh, globally um, and i've certainly connected with people now all over the world who are all on their own journey but the the one thing in common is that the last couple of years have shaken up their reality to such an extent that i think you either then start to wake up or you desperately desperately want to go back to sleep um uh, so i think the last couple of years has really um yeah accelerated this this process of awakening i like the point of whether someone is divisive and argumental or are they on that pursuit of their best self well either option it's not for us to judge because certain people are chose to to grow and to flourish while others are okay with watching reality tv and drinking wine every night that's another that's another ego trip as well isn't it but like if you become um you can use you know personal development or spirituality or whatever as another ego trip look at me I'm better than everybody else. I'm I'm so enlightened. I'm so spiritual. I'm so pure. It's just it's another fucking ego trip. Um, and so um, yeah, I think it's it's reminding reminding yourself that you're not you are special, but you're really not special at the same time. You, bringing that humility to the personal growth journey, and uh, you know whether you're creating or whatever you're doing, it's coming to it with humility. And that whatever stage you're at in your journey, don't get comfortable there because there's another stage that's around the corner and there's another perspective to take and there's more growth. Uh, so, yeah, coming to, coming to it with humility and not letting your ego try to hijack it. I think that's probably the essence of what I was trying to get at. It's um, is a challenge, is a challenge for sure. But like, you know, that's I think that's the that's the beauty of it as well. I could say that's probably the one continuous challenge that we will have, even pursuing our best self, that ego is always going to be there. The ego never disappears. And we can, we can control the ego, we can manage the ego, but there's always going to be moments where you get cocky or arrogant, overconfident, and that's when our, our habits, our structure, our meditation, we have the tools that must be implemented to slow down that, that self-corruption that is very common with humans. It's a continuous path to realize when that voice is occurring. And I love that difference, the difference of 
yeah, I am working to be better, but that doesn't mean I'm better than the person who is completely complacent. Not at all. It, it's just something that was meant for us. We, we were no longer enjoying the sleepy sheep lifestyle. And you can't force people to learn. You can plant seeds and nurture others. But when you try to force something, for me, I'm trying to educate my sisters because they're very much not aware of the matrix at all. And I've come to the realization that, holy shit, the more that I try to force my knowledge upon them, the more that they say, fuck you, Justin. So it's a very fine line of backing off at times and allowing everyone to, we all, I think, have the same path, the same direction, but the route that we take everyone has a different route. Yeah, 100%. I think, yeah, like what you touched on earlier, I think it's about you've become the light that attracts others. So you don't have to even, it's not about giving advice or it's not about trying to help wake people up or um, it's about really being the light yourself so that that radiates out and that will attract people who are so inclined and I think that's the that's where I want to be I want to be at the point where like I've raised my frequency to such a point that um it becomes magnetic for those and, and if it if it doesn't if it'll attract the people it attracts but then for other people you want to be I think it being at a, a stage where people meet you and go fuck look I want what's that bloke got what's he what's he doing that i'm not doing like just to get the and and then you you go about your business so you're not you, you sort of change you're making a positive impact on the world just by your presence your frequency that it doesn't have to be said it's your way of being is such that it's making it's a light for others um and also as well like you know with my own personal journey like going through uh, a lot of darkness and depression and and all that shit and then just being able to come out the other side and become a, a you know a, a different person essentially like all that stuff's dead and gone and that's in the past and, and using those lessons then to actually be um yeah to be a light to show that you can go through all that stuff and come through the other side and life's good um that change is possible for, for everybody it's not easy to put into words the experience of traveling through your past experiences into a higher frequency person. A lot of the things that I've gone through and that I'm working to articulate for people, it's so deep that the words are almost not efficient in describing what we've experienced and had to go through to raise our frequencies. It's more of a innate, deep down urge to continually grow. And the, the big thing that helps me is asking myself questions. I'm constantly speaking out loud to myself and really whether it's the meditation, the reading, or the journaling, getting into flow states that allow myself to get a bit bored. And then I can listen to that voice, the voice that may be telling you, well, you're drinking too much, or why did you react in that way to mm. someone saying something? It, it's how we carry ourselves that we are able to attract and raise our frequency, attracting those people like a magnetic force that you spoke on. And all these things, oh man, I wish that they were taught to younger age people. But at the same time, I guess you really have to just find yourself lost or or in a dark dark space 
and then eventually you you are pushed pushed by the universe whatever to learn to fix or correct your habits because often how people live in that bland template lifestyle is they're completely numbing themselves indulging in whatever overeating or addiction or a toxic relationship i love this saying so many people get in a relationship so they can be mediocre together rather than being <laughs> fucking sad by yourself and yeah. it's that that's a sad thing but i realized it and it's well, urgent. continue no i was going to say and, and, and that's, that's a good point about relationships it's like i think people <laughs> yeah it's that's a really good point and then also people use relationships as a crutch because they are they feel there's something there's something deficit within themselves and so then they have a and this is why a lot of relationships fail because they think that the other person is is a crutch to lean on to either hide away from being on their own and exposing those um deficits within or thinking that that other person is going to um make them complete in some way and i think when you've got two in, two individuals who come together and then are codependent without even realizing it it's it's a recipe for disaster because you're going to hit a wall at some point where i think if you come together as uh two people who are on a journey and trying to um better themselves then your relationship is going to be far more successful because yeah you know people people use everything to hide away from themselves yeah like you know having a relationship or or sex or like casual sex or tv or all these different things um it's um yeah it's an interesting it's a fun I mean, it's, it's endlessly fascinating like the the journey that we that we're on and like you say you're either some people are so inclined that they're naturally just curious and caught like i know that's how i've always been and it's a blessing and a curse um and sometimes i think i'd rather sort of uh i, I wish i was just living a, a very waking sleep life because it seems quite easy from the outside you accept consensus reality as it's given to you you go through life as a fixed solid object in time and um that's your life and you're quite content with it and like that's all good and you go through and that you know i think that that's cool sometimes i wish that that's how my brain worked but um for better or worse it does it's just never been like that and i think there's a lot of people out there who are who are that they've just got that natural curiosity there's something within them that asks is there more to it than this is there more to me than this and they they are uh, so inclined to to follow whatever various different paths they could possibly take that question right there is probably exactly what sprung my development and it, i think it is exactly that some people just are more curious and it's it's a battle to to wish that we were simple-minded and i'm not using that term to say that i'm smarter yeah. than others using it in a way that it man my brain just doesn't stop and sometimes i wonder what it feels like to live an average mediocre lifestyle and not have your mind rip you to shreds for it because i know we've both lived in that average lifestyle but there came a point where we were just tortured by the everyday experience and it was that question that popped up there has to be more to this there's no way that i was meant to simply do what i'm doing right now and yeah it really is it's it's a challenge i think either way though from the outside we can look at people living a mediocre life and assume that it's easy 
but who yeah. knows their brains could be ripping them to shreds as well and maybe they're just not taking action on it the yeah. we i know for us to get to where we are now much action and pain had to be experienced mm. and but but once you trudge through the shit you pain is just opportunity and once you push through i love how there are certain habits like eating ice cream you feel good before it but you feel like shit after it and on the other side you have going to the gym where you feel bad before you don't want to go you're making up stories yeah and this is at the beginning of the journey once you get into the gym you actually realize how beneficial it is but in the beginning your mind plays tricks you don't want to go but after the gym you feel fabulous and another example is you sleep in okay it feels good to sleep in what happens when you sleep in too much you get ripped to shreds by your mind and what happens when you wake up on time well you don't always feel too good but a couple hours later your brain says good job. So your mind is just playing fucking tricks on you all the time. It's it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean it's um I think and I think the one thing that like going back to the the frequency aspects of it, it's I think it's like identifying the areas like such as the media, the mainstream media is low frequency stuff. Um there's a lot of, and I think it's going through your life and identifying where's the low frequency people or the low frequency uh, media, et cetera, that's actually pulling me down and like turning those things off um, and then um, looking for looking for the looking for the things that are gonna um, looking for the beauty that's actually gonna help uh, elevate you and raise your frequency so that you're um it's got a different energetic component to it completely um and i think that putting yourself and, and, and in addition to that and relating back to what we're saying just now is um putting yourself through periods of um intentional asceticism so uh, putting yourself through those those periods of intentional struggle um or intentional suffering so that that gives you a greater appreciation for your day-to-day existence and it also gives you an opportunity to helps you to expose the blind spots as well um so for instance like um for the last month uh, for the month of april uh, i practiced uh, ramadan as a as a non-muslim so i spent 30 days of fasting and um more intense period trying to do more meditation um, and it was a fantastic experience. It was very difficult. So I'm not, so getting up at 4.30 every day and then not eating between around about 5 a.m. and about 6 p.m. It changed through the month, obviously. But I did that every day. Um, and it was an incredible experience. Um, and that period, and I, it, there were definitely things that put in my, going through that month of asceticism and contemplation was great to highlight aspects of myself and like it was really the food and drink is the 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 thing that people like latch onto you can't eat or drink during the day but it's not about the food and the drink it's it's actually the internal struggle that you go through with your ego and the the emotions that you've got to deal with and, and, and going through that intentional period of struggle uh, is is a great opportunity to to actually um like meditation and like ayahuasca or anything else you're putting yourself through through something that's going to challenge your ego that's gonna it's it's disrupting the normal pattern of your day-to-day existence such that it gives you insights into yourself and areas that you can then um start working on and taking forward fasting is one of those activities that it brings to light your inner voice and i'm curious so in ramadan i hope i pronounced that right but 
how many hours what's the intervals you're you're there's no way you did you went 30 days without eating at all what no. what was so, the intervals so it obviously varies it follows a moon cycle and the um the sunrise and sunset so it depends on where you are on the planet so for, for me this season it's the first time i've ever attempted this um i get up at 4 30 in the morning i'd have sometimes i ate and sometimes i didn't and then the fast started at around about 5 a.m so then i wouldn't eat or drink anything between 5 a.m and when the fast broke around about 6 p.m and then i'd break my fast with a meal and some water on the a little bit then before i went to bed so essentially i was doing like one meal a day um but without water as well so i'd, I'd drink in the morning the main thing i'd have in the morning was water and then i'd have no food or water then for the next um yeah however many hours it worked out to be like between 5 5 a.m and 6 p.m or so wow. like 13 hours the, surely that had to be challenging with the nighttime meal were you i'm assuming your calories were very much depleted and or were, were you managing to eat all the necessary ca calories to maintain your weight in one meal uh it was it was difficult to do particularly once i once i was a few weeks into it the, the start of it, it was quite easy um but then obviously your stomach starts to shrink and then i'd find that i'd have my evening meal and some days I didn't really eat a lot at all. Um, and then other days I'd eat more. And so as the, it's definitely becomes an increasing challenge as you go on through the month, because then you're becoming more depleted, you're tired. Um, and that's where you're really struggling with your, uh, your triggers become more, uh, you become more easily triggered, put it that way. So you can, you know, got to be very mindful of you temper and your energy level and all these kind of things so um yeah but it really it ebbed and flowed some days i'd be really hungry but like literally i couldn't eat because my stomach had just shrunk from fasting every day because oftentimes i'd have one meal a day um and so i'd eat i'd eat my evening meal but then i wouldn't eat again for 24 hours uh, i'd drink water in the night and in the early morning and then i wouldn't drink water so i'd probably abstain from water for like 13 hours a day um, but oftentimes I'd have one meal every 24 hours. So yeah, it was, a, it was definitely a challenge. Like, um, that sounds intense. I, I, I've done a 40 hour fast once and I think fasting has a lot of benefits, hmm. but to do it for so many days in a row, yeah. that that's a challenge, especially right now I'm in the state where I'm really trying to put on muscle and it doesn't correlate well no. with with that but to to have a control a management over your feelings your mood your urges and temptations that's what is derived from embracing unnecessary suffering no. and and it's a very powerful aspect to life when you volunteer to put yourself through challenge th that's so helpful and i'm getting to the point where i'm tired but this conversation i so thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you this was just a great opportunity i i haven't each individual I speak with is always so unique and brings something different to the table. And to for anyone to not learn from this, I don't think there's any way that insights could not be taken. The your unique perspective of life is Jay's one of one perception and you just brought so much to the conversation. I'm absolutely grateful to be able to speak with you, Jay. Yeah, me too, mate. Thank you so much. Like it's been, a, and, and your your uh, insights as well. It's been a really, I think we could talk for hours. I feel like we've got, <laughs> we could, we've got so much more to talk about. So uh, we'll have to do it again. But thank you so much for um, 
uh, inviting me on and having this opportunity to talk to you today. Like I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, the the statement we could talk for hours. I agree. <laughs> There's there is so when you meet people on a high frequency. There's just so much to delve into, but for today, that's enough. And I definitely would love to have another conversation with you. So I'll be in touch for sure. 100% brother, 100%. Thank you, Jay. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, if, um, thank you for people watching as well. I hope everyone's got something from this. I really do. I think this has been a really good conversation. So. Um, I'll be really interested to hear uh, what people take from this and uh, yeah, getting feedback about it would be really cool. Yes, sir. That's, that's our goal, to help the individual. Thank you. Well, thank you. Enjoy yourself.